glowing, levacious, undulating, big booty, erogenous Rick. Welcome to the official Dunstan Checks In podcast. Uh, This is the only podcast where we break down the 1996 ape film Dunstan Checks In minute by minute and pair each minute with another feature film. I'm Lord Andrew. I'm Diet Coke. And we are here to break down minute 86, which is a credits minute. Yeah, that's correct. And I have no interest in breaking down the minute. I'm only going to talk about the movie we paired it with. <laughs> well, let me mention a couple of things. I'm a conscious, conscientious objector to talking about the minute. So minute 86, we've also paired this minute with the film The Last Airbender. Yeah. Which came out in like, what, 2009? Um, I don't think that's right. I think it was later than either of those. 2011? I think it might be 2011. Uh, it doesn't matter. We'll it's get to that. It's 2010. It's oh, 2010. Wow. Uh, so we'll talk about that in a moment. But let's talk about the credits. I'll, I'll talk about the credits. You can say whatever you want. Um, <laughs> the special effects for this film were done by Ultimate Effects. I, don't, I think that's a misnomer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Go um, ahead and call and call that a misnomer. Do you want to know who was the chief digital matte artist? No. Well, but you can tell me if you want. It was uh, Chris Evans. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> Before he was Captain America, yeah, that's what he was doing. <laughs> Before he was Johnny Flame. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was intrigued by this. It said creature effects were done by Max Animatronics. Can you recall a moment in the film where it would have been an animatronic instead of a, a live animal? or Samson? Yeah. Uh, I don't, but I'm sure there's some bullshit. Yeah. Then Maybe I one wanted... of those times where I thought it was Samson and you thought it was like a human hand in a glove, the reason why we both couldn't quite figure it out is because it was an animatronic hand. Yeah, that could be true. And then um, I didn't get their full name, but the dialogue editors, they're both both of their first names were David I want to blame them for a lot of the movie. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and then I did get the names of the ADR team. Okay. This, this is the editor, the assistant editors, and the recorders. So it's Mary Andrews, Ray Seeger, uh, Char Charlotte. Oh, I really scribbled that one out. Charlotte R- Ritchie and Greg Steele. So they can all go fuck themselves. <laughs> they really, they really made this movie bad. Yeah. They did not make a good movie. <laughs> they made it worse. Uh, and no thank you. <laughs> that's all I have on the credits. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so The Last Airbender. The Last Airbender. I think we would both consider ourselves big fans of the cartoon Avatar The Last Airbender. Yes, me more recently than you. I only watched it for the first time this year, but uh, having now seen all of it, I do consider myself a big fan. And I'm glad that you are. I'm glad that you've finally (laughs) seen it and that you enjoy it because it is... Yeah, this was a good decade of me uh, just obstinately refusing to watch it for no good reason. Mm. Um, But I saw the light and I am now a, a, a big fan. Mm-hmm. Ang, Appa, love those guys. Yeah. Momo, Sokka, come on. So, do you recall? Katara, <laughs> Zuko, yes. Love yes. Them. yes. 
Iroh. <laughs> Even throw Azula in there. Why not? I was about to throw in Azula. Yeah. <laughs> Azula was going to be after Iroh. I mean, also, it's not ranked by preference. Iroh is no. my favorite character. And of I course. Him last. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I'm glad we're both on the same page there. Iroh rules so hard. Mm-hmm. The now, best you... and hottest character on the cartoon, and I'll defend that. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'll let you have it. So, do you recall when this film came out? Do you recall anything about it? Do you did you hear about it? Were, were I remember that it was hated. Mm -hmm. That's about it. I remember that it came out and everyone said, "Whoa, what a big stinky pile of poopy." Yeah, and at that time, were you an M Night defender or an M Night hater? I I was an M Night hater. <laughs> I'll, I'll come out and say it. Yeah. I was I was an M Night hater. Yeah. Um, I think you've come around, no? I don't know. I don't know where I stand <laughs> on M Night. I I think he's a little. I think he's kind of a little weird gremlin. <laughs> Just uh, I was. I'm sort of attracted to his movies because, uh, you know, I'm attracted to any movie where the director is making strong choices that everyone around them is telling them <laughs> not to make. Yeah. Um, and I think M Night definitely fits into that. Uh, into that uh, category. That's, I mean, he's, I mean, frankly, he's one of the greats of that category. Mm -hmm. I think George Lucas is the all time king of that category, but Ooh. M. Night Shyamalan is up there. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I remember I had seen the, the series. And yeah. so when the movie was coming out, I thought, oh, that could be interesting. And then the trailer came out and it was like, oh, no, no, no. This is not <laughs> what we wanted I, at all. I do remember a, a very small fraction of defenders on the internet who, and this is an excuse I'd heard for other 3D movies at the time. Mm. They said that the movie, that people would have liked the movie better if theaters had used bright enough projection because mm -hmm. it's a 3D movie and, and uh, those tend to run a little bit darker. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, literally darker. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. They don't, um, so they, you need light, a brighter yeah. light bulb in the projector. Mm -hmm. And I, di I do remember a handful of people arguing like, no, no, if you just saw it with the proper light, you would like it. Well, um, the, the other thing that I, I think I... that's not true. No, and I think the other thing that's that perhaps part were part of that defense was that the the studio said we are putting this out in 3D and we're going to make situation. that. Yeah, they said we're going to make this happen, and so there were like 30 minutes cut out of the movie to make it easier to convert to 3D. Oh, I didn't know about that. It makes sense though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, and I mean, another thing that I read was that they sat down and. Um, scripted out the whole like first season. They they call them books in the yeah. last Airbender series, but the whole that first season they had scripted it out, and it came out to like if they had filmed it all, it would have been like seven hours. <laughs> I mean that makes sense. This movie definitely feels like it's trying very hard to get every. It feels like it's trying very hard to get every specific event of the first season squeezed in, mm -hmm. and yet. In other ways, it seems just a, a total. It seems like they didn't even watch the show at all. It, yeah. By virtue of the fact that more than half the characters, their names are not pronounced like they are on the show. That to me is really infuriating. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of thing that gets into my brain, and then I don't know if I'm saying it right. <laughs> well, yeah. They so on the on the TV show we have Ang and Sokka mm -hmm. and Iroh, and in the movie we have Ong and Soka and Ito. Yeah. Um, and it's very, 
odd. Yeah. Um, I also remember people at the time complaining about uh, whitewashing in the movie, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is bad. But I also never fully understood that as a complaint specifically versus the cartoon, which mm-hmm. also is it, it has in fact has a more white cast than hmm. the movie. If you if you count the second actor to play Uncle Iroh, oh, um, yeah. I mean they're both bad. Like I'm not saying either is good. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't. I don't think. I don't think that makes the movie worse than the cartoon. It's just a bad thing that both of them did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then uh, I don't even know. <laughs> it's just. It's really the thing that shocked me watching this movie. Finally, I had never watched it. I refused yeah. to watch it, and and I this was this was the time to watch it, and. Um, Iroh doesn't look like Iroh. <laughs> well, none of nobody looks like who they should look like. Tr- truly, yeah, but I think Iroh to me was the most. Um, Iroh's not even. A, it's shocking. not even the same kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? very different. And the actor who plays Iroh, he's good. Yeah, but this isn't Iroh. <laughs> this no. is not. He know? doesn't look the same. He doesn't. He just. It's like a completely different characterization. Mm-hmm. And and then um, Dev Patel is Zuko. I don't mind him so much as Zuko. They could, I feel like they could have done a better job with the scar. Yes. Which kind of it's it's I would say too subtle in the movie, and that mm-hmm. in a lot of scenes it doesn't even you don't even really notice that he has a scar. Yep. Um, pretty pretty stark contrast to the cartoon where he he definitely has a scar. Yeah, extremely visible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a bad it's a bad bad movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the CGI looks pretty bad for the most most of I, it i thought you would be extra mad because um i i remember when you were watching it you you really liked um so, uh sokka i do i do and i was about to get to that as a matter of yeah. fact sokka on the cartoon is great he's um, comic relief he's funny yeah he's funny well that he has I mean, a that, personality that, yeah <laughs> soka as he's called in the in the film Mm-hmm. Um, played by Jackson Rathbone, which was interesting because my beautiful girlfriend Casey and I have been watching all the Twilight movies, mm-hmm. um, and he he's one of the vampires in those. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good actor. <laughs> not good in Twilight. Not good in Avatar. Uh, and just a just a, I mean, I guess I can't blame him for this because part of it is in how it's written, but just a just a joyless performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's also true of I would say that's almost more egregious with ang like you mm. call Sokka the comic relief on the cartoon which he was but like ang because ang was like maybe more competent than Sokka, and therefore not comic relief in that sense but he was still like a silly goofy little kid who liked yeah. to goof about yeah. and uh that is not the ang of the movie or the hong <laughs> of the movie i should mm-hmm. say uh just really they took a show that was just really fun uh and funny and joyful uh and bright and colorful and made it into a very gray movie where nobody makes any jokes ever. Mm-hmm. And it's a bummer. It yeah. sucks. I really wanted to like it too. As someone who, you know, you know me, if, if something is hated, I, my immediate instinct is to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I couldn't do that with this movie. Yeah, big same. I'd, when when I'd for, also forgotten that Dev Patel was in it, and when, with his reveal, I thought maybe I'll like this. Well, sure, because <laughs> Dev Patel is a is a fine actor. Yeah, 
but no, um, I could not find a way to like this movie. <laughs> did you see that clip that was circulating the internet recently of Dev Patel signing autographs and someone hands him the last airbender to sign? No. What does he do? <laughs> it's pretty. He signs it and he says, oh, yeah, here you go. Sorry, it was a bit shit, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think that's great. <laughs> yeah. Although I do feel uh, bad for that fan who probably had him sign it because they liked the movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, listen, this movie sucks in a, in a lot of ways, and we both hate it. Mm-hmm. But imagine, imagine if John Leguizamo had said that to us while signing our Super Mario Brothers DVD. Mm-hmm. How would we feel? <laughs> I, I think we understand i think i understand <laughs> at least there there is That's um fair. i think you know sometimes an actor has to take in you know what the majority of critics say even if they're wrong <laughs> yeah and maybe i don't know maybe it's like if you're maybe john logazamo is the only person who's allowed to insult it in our mm-hmm. book <laughs> yeah yeah because he lived it he lived it i mean i guess not the only person <laughs> like fiona shaw also good and mm-hmm. you know annabelle jankle <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Rocky um, Morton. They all could shit talk it if they want, but I would disagree with them. Um, do you think you gained anything from watching this movie? No. Not at yeah. all. Yeah, big same. <laughs> uh, Casey and I knew it was going to be a struggle, so we we did play a drinking game. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's it's hard you know you think all the you know getting getting trashed and watching a trash movie sounds like a good time but when it's as joyless this it's really uh it's 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 really hard to have a good time no matter how drunk you are yeah yeah truly uh and i think just by the end of the movie what just happened is we were just both drunk and not paying attention very much Mm -hmm. yeah it and it makes me I think what really does make me sad is that this this kind of like idea is good. Like the show is good. Oh yeah, like and it they, could you can easily there's too. I mean, you don't see it much in the finished product, but just with just using your imagination and the cartoon, mm-hmm. you can totally imagine how a live action movie would have been amazing. Yeah. It's 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 the fact of seeing it like fail so hard and so far. Yeah. Like it doesn't yeah. They they You'd heard that Netflix is working on a live-action show. I, I have heard that. I don't, I don't really know what the purpose of that exercise is. Me neither. I wish they would just make a third cartoon set in the world. You've heard my pitch for the third Avatar cartoon, right? Uh, Probably, but go ahead and pitch it again. Okay, so you've got Avatar The Last Airbender, which is like, it's in this world, but like olden times, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got Legend of Korra, which is like the Avatar version of the 20s, right? Mm-hmm. They should make one set in the Avatar version of the 90s because <laughs> 90s nostalgia is huge. And wouldn't that kick ass? Like little air be- little earthbending kids like making half pipes as they skateboard on them? That would rule. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have like a pitch for like characters or what the actual you know drama of the show. Just all they care about is the setting. Just mm. give me a, a 90s equivalent set Avatar. Yeah, there could be surfer dudes. The water yeah, yeah, surf, surfer dude, air, waterbenders. That'd be so good. <laughs> I mean, the '90s were the era of extreme sports, right? So you've got yeah. you've got like skateboarders and BMX bikers who are earthbenders making that work. Mm-hmm. You've got snowboarders and surfers who are waterbenders, of course. You've got like a weird, crazy new sport of base jumping airbenders mm-hmm. and uh, firebenders. I don't know. They fuck around. 
Yeah, I think they would just uh, part part the maybe, flame. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they. Maybe it's like uh, maybe it's like the air. They maybe they team up with one of the other ones and they make like fire loops for them to jump through. Yeah, or some shit yeah. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a fun little world to to think about and it's yeah. it really sucks that this movie was very bad <laughs> yeah it does it sucks so hard i wish this movie was good yeah do you what do you think what do you think M.I. Shyamalan's deal was with this movie because it seems like i can't tell if he actually watched the show or not he says he did but yeah i i i don't no, I think it is that thing that you you said where he he makes a lot of strong choices and doesn't <laughs> listen to anyone else. Um, well, there's like okay, so like the old the, when I try to think about like the names being pronounced differently than they are on the cartoon, and I try mm-hmm. to justify that, I'm like, well, you know, like the Fire Nation is is kind of culturally inspired by Japan, mm-hmm. and Ido is like is how you would pronounce those western letters if you were reading them in the japanese style like mm-hmm. i's make an e sound there's a rolled r like that makes sense but what that but then why are they white people for the other characters yeah yeah that's where he emily chamelon had said that the pronunciation was his attempt at making it more uh of the culture that it comes from but that doesn't that totally doesn't back up with the white actors the white actors or the fact that like if, if he was going for that like I don't know, maybe like Dev Patel and the guy who played Iroh were not Japanese. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, it's just, it's a weird, it's just weirdly all over the place. Like nothing mm-hmm. ma- matches together, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> the oh, the God, other thing that I, I had read that there was a, some interview later on in life where M. Night Shyamalan had referred to making a couple of big budget movies and, people had figured out that or he had said it in some specific way where they understood it to be the last airbender and after earth and that he he didn't like sucks (laughs) he didn't like he did not have a good time making those movies because it was too much you know pressure or something yeah do you think that's something that like do you think i'm gonna introduce a widespread conspiracy theory right now okay do you think actors like M. Night Shyamalan and, frankly, others, you know, who are sort of indie successes or like, I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the indie success, like, you know, uh, M. Night Shyamalan made a couple indie movies before, like, Sixth Sense and those, mm-hmm. who are, like, they, they start doing indie movies and then they work their way into, like, quiet drama pieces. Do you think they then purposely make big budget bombs? so that they can give interviews later and regain their indie cred by apologizing for their big budget movies and by getting the indie crowd back on their side and being like, hey, yeah, I agree that sucked. Now, the thing is, I will, I think I could give that to, to M. Night Shyamalan. But, and one other that came to mind. Yeah. Sam Raimi. Except, oh, sure. Sam Raimi signed on for Doctor Strange too. Yeah, he's back in the game. So I don't, I don't know if he, uh, you know, after Spider Man three, he tried to shit talk that and it, and it backfired on him. So he just had to go right back into it. Yeah, maybe, maybe he, maybe the indie world wasn't there for him. So he's yeah. like, all right, back to big budgets. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, even the weird thing with M Night Shyamalan is that when he made um, Glass, 
he had to like buy the rights or something from Universal. Yeah. So he was. I mean, I don't know if you'd call that exactly indie. <laughs> no, but it's it's not indie. But it's like it's like he backed his roots, you know. I guess it's like he's like the fact that he had to buy the rights from Universal is like he can make an argument that he's 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 back in it for the passion, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Glass. Did you, did you see Glass though? Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a bad movie. That's wild. And I think uh, I think the thing I think the hard the hard thing for us all to swallow about glasses. You you asked me earlier if I was an M Night Shyamalan defender, and I had to think about that answer because the truth is, at the end of the day, is that I am an Unbreakable defender. Yeah. But however I feel about the rest of his movies, I do I do enjoy Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe maybe we just need to let that character <laughs> stay at rest. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. You know, that is a thing where um, did 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 he really want to? come back did uh willis yeah bruce willis want to like was he like coming up calling up m night Shyamalan and saying like listen no i think m. Night Shyamalan wanted more. to do it more <laughs> I, I i honestly i think i think bruce willis is like a harrison ford type which is to say he has a reputation for hating his his big roles but in, at the end of the day it's it was only ever about money you know what i mean mm-hmm. like people say talk so much shit about harrison Ford, like Oh, he hates being Han Solo. He wanted to die so bad, which is, I mean, he did ask to be killed in the first movie. I know in the in the first Star Wars, mm-hmm. but I I think at the end of the day, it's always been the same. It's like he's like he's an actor and he will act for money. Like yeah. he doesn't like Han Solo necessarily, but it's people have this idea that it's like this huge burden that he's forced into, and it's like no, he's a guy who is earning a living, and I I kind of think that's what Bruce Willis is up yeah, to I, as well. I also think when whenever people try and use that as proof that an actor was like, oh, you should kill my character. Um, actors, I think, also think of death scenes as like more dramatic. True. I think there's that as well. <laughs> they're, they're like, oh, can I can I die dramatically in this scene? And they're yeah. like, it's like, no, don't. <laughs> but they just it's you know, it's the challenge. Yeah. I watched Hayden Christensen die for the first time recently. <laughs> That was that was something else. Oh, spoilers for I know what you just watched. Yeah, spoilers for Takers. I'll say it because you, you know why? Because you shouldn't watch Takers because it's a shitty fucking movie. Yeah, thank um, you. I'll, I'll t- thank you for that burden. <laughs> yeah. Who I did mean, Idris te- Elba died? Who else died in that movie? Um, I honestly, I Hayden dies first of 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 the wow. Takers. Hayden dies first, and I kind of checked out after he passed away. <laughs> Um, it doesn't end great for Idris Elba, but I don't remember if he dies or if he just like gets caught or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the takers do not have a happy ending. Hayden dies and then a couple more of them probably die. Mm-hmm. Um, that was also a weird movie. I guess we're just talking takers now. Um, <laughs> it's a weird movie in that it features Hayden Christensen and Paul Walker. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think Paul Walker's career is what Hayden could have had if he had made better choices. You know what I mean? When I say made it better choices, mm-hmm. I hate to say it. That includes not doing Star Wars because mm-hmm. I think that was ultimately very bad for him in the long mm-hmm. run. Do you, do you think now this is completely, we've gone off on the tangent cause I don't want to talk about the last airbender anymore, Air. but uh, in the prequel series of Star Wars, do you think it would have been a smarter decision for each film to have a different actor playing Anakin? No. You think the Anakins between two and three should be the same? Listen, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest, I th- I think it was a good move. 
this is controversial here. I think it was a good move for Star Wars to have Hayden Christensen. I don't think it was a good move for Hayden Christensen to have Star Wars. I'm my mind is blown by what you've just said. I coming and coming from you, yeah. of all people. I think Hayden is good in those movies. I think he. Well, okay. I think Hayden is as good as anyone could have been in those movies. I think. Mm. Well, let me rephrase that again. Actually, I think Hayden is as good as anyone who is unwilling to stand up to George Lucas and not read his dialogue could have been in those movies. Mm -hmm. Because you look at every actor who's been good in a Star Wars movie that George Lucas was involved in, and they all have the same thing in common, which is that at a certain point they said, George, I'm not going to say that fucking line. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I don't think Hayden did that, and I think that is why his performance suffers. But I don't don't blame him as an actor. I, I, I... this is I truly believe Hayden Christensen is a good actor. And you can see that in in a lot of his other movies. And I actually would argue, listen, I think he's good in both the Star Wars prequels. I can see why people don't like them. It's a very it's a certain kind of performance. Mm-hmm. I it works for me. I get why it doesn't work for everybody. I think in Attack of the Clones he's unimpeachable though. I and I'll I'll die on that hill. <laughs> well, you know I do that is my favorite of the prequels. <laughs> It's mine as well. Tackle so I gotta, is great. I have to agree with you there. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is great as just a cocky little shitbird, nineteen-year-old mm-hmm. in Attack of the Clones, and I'll I'll die on that hill. All right. Uh, it's funny we we're doing all the Hayden talk. Uh, let's say what we're doing for the next next minute of credits. What? what right, wait, we... isn't we're done? <laughs> right. We have two more, and I thought I thought Hayden wasn't the next one after next. Yeah, Hayden's the next one. Are we? We're done. We t- we're talking about this. Hayden's Hayden's the next one, and then the last minute is your choice. Oh, I thought for for whatever reason, I thought my choice was the next one, and then Hayden was the last one. No, no. That's why I was confused. I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, our next one. Who who says it? This was something that it. we sort of okay. It's it's it, we're we're next next week we're going to be talking about a movie called uh, Vanishing on Seventh Street, starring wow. Hayden Christensen. It's a lesser known Hayden picture. <laughs> um, yeah, we really I, maybe I should have saved some of that Hayden talk for next week, but I'm sure I'm sure I'll yeah have we're more. <laughs> yeah I figured we could get a little head start on it. <laughs> um, have I even right, talked so... about Hayden Fest on the podcast? I don't know. We'll get into that next week. You can week. get into that next week. <laughs> I do other podcasts, uh, such as Nothing New, a remake co- podcast where myself and Justin Kizan talk about film remakes. Uh, every month we have a new episode where we talk about uh, a film and the remake of that film. Or if there are two films based on one written thing, I don't know, something like that. Uh, I'll, I'll say it here first. Uh, August, uh, our episode will be on RoboCop. That's right. RoboCop, baby <laughs> RoboCop. I don't know why that was the song. Uh, and you can find that at bamgnetwork.com slash nothing new. And then the other podcast that I do is called It's On My List. It's on my because list pod.com. Your kiss, your kiss <laughs> is on my lips. That's every month me and a group of friends get together and talk about movies that we say people should see or other people say that we should see. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the essentials, but as decided by your group of friends. <laughs> um, 
So check that out. Uh, it's on my list, pod.com. And uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Podcaster Andrew. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Very Cool Emily. I was in such a weird uh, autopilot, I almost said Podcaster Andrew. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Very Cool Emily, though. You can also find me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash dietcool, nope, dietcoke666, <laughs> or just go to dietcoke.cool. That also works and is easier to remember. Uh, we have a Patreon. I, like, <laughs> I do Sorry. like the idea of diet cool being something. <laughs> yeah, we will workshop that <laughs> to figure out what diet cool is. Uh, Patreon.com slash Dunstan Checks Min. Uh, Twitter, it's at Majestic Hotel NY. On Instagram, Dunstan Checks Min. Uh, on most things, we're Dunstan Checks Min. It's a branding thing, even though we yeah. are the official Dunstan Checks In podcast sponsored by Universal Corp. Um, what did we call ourselves at the start of this episode? Did what do you we mean? say the correct thing, or did we say a different name of the show? I don't I know s- why I'm paranoid right now. I said the correct thing. Okay. Uh, and you can and look on YouTube as well. Just look there. <laughs> I'm sure there's something. Yeah. <laughs> Peek around. <laughs> Go to the YouTube, as our <laughs> former friend Bernie said. Oh, boy. And then we can also do... Uh, what? He's a former friend because he called for more funding to the police. That's why he's a former friend. Oh, no. Why yeah. would he do that? Yeah. Now, we want five-star reviews. Yeah. You know? And if you go and do one of those, uh, you know, you can rate five stars, but you could also leave a review with that. And the review, you know, people people know to listen to our show. So instead of the review, what you should put is... Are you stalling? Are you stalling for time? I'm trying to... Yeah, I'm trying to come up with something for the review challenge. Uh, instead of the review... Here's what I got. Go, go ahead. Write, write the copy that would be on the back of the, U, uh, the, of the VHS of your favorite movie. Ooh, I like that a lot. <laughs> I'm surprised we haven't done one like that, and I like it a lot. Thanks. And I think that about wraps it up. Yeah. Um, remember, Dunstan is spelled with a U. Fuck! And we're checking out. Feeling peckish this midnight? Seat your appetite for terror and reserve your ears for a feast of the sound. The Midnight Marinara Podcast is here for you, intrepid listener. We sample only the finest and sinister stories and, quoting them with our own unique spooky sauce, present them to you as airy audio dramas. Tune in as Midnight Marinara sends shivers of fear and spasms of laughter through you. Bon appetit. <laughs> This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.